Welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. James Mundy here with Mike Mundy. What is up, brother Mike? I'm doing awesome because we have one of our favorite guests live. We do. On air as we speak. Very cool. Um, Yeah, I'm doing great. And obviously, we get the opportunity to talk to our good buddy, Dr. Brian Artis. He's in the house tonight. Um, Before we get into all this, just want to remind everybody, this episode of Liberty Monks Podcast is brought to you by Liberty Monks Store. Get your freedom gear, folks. Don't forget to go to www.LibertyMonks.com and click on shop because we've got some cool merchandise on there. Stand up to these globalists, these ter- these tyrants, these, these folks that want to take all your freedom and liberty away. Show them you're not afraid to stand up for freedom and liberty with your Liberty Monks gear. And with that out of the way, we are with Dr. Brian Artis. Doc, welcome back to Liberty Monks, brother. It's great to be here. I'm gonna have to go to libertymonks.com and get my own gear, brother. I love you. No, I ma- I mailed it. <laughs> God, oh, there, there might be more gear I'm unaware of. I want some more Liberty there Monks is, gear. Just got some. We got some good stuff on there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Browse, browse, browse. But hey, I'm man, for um, a new speedo. Maybe you got a Liberty Monk speedo or something. You know that can be arranged. That can be arranged. <laughs> Liberty Monks Daisy Dukes nope. for my wife or something. You know. Hey. Hey, now we've we've got some ideas flowing now. That's a good idea. Write Daisy this Dukes. One, write this one down. Right hey, write down Daisy Dukes. Never see Brian. I actually got Steve. to meet Daisy Duke a couple of weeks ago, actually, in Houston. Really? Catherine Bach? Bach? Yeah, I got to yeah. meet her. Her and the whole well, crew man. from the original show. That was kind of fun. No kidding. That was the kind of cool. How hot was she back in the 80s, man? <laughs> <laughs> yep. She was a phenomenal <laughs> TV icon. You ain't lying. Yeah, yes. 100%. Well, it's good to see you, Doc. Um, I know you've been hitting it hard. Uh, we didn't. We were out at um, Reawaken in Nashville, but I think you spoke the next day, and we had to bolt. So, uh, hope that went well for you. And um, if you're able to park, right, right. No, we but hey, from the airport, I didn't have to park. Was that terrible? It was. Yeah. Tell you what, they 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 tell you what, Clay and the crew has to hit what they have to put up with in order to get a location is. I've never seen anything like it, but they don't, that doesn't stop them, man. It's pretty incredible. So we had to park like a mile away. Artists and Eric Trump get to this pull right up to the door. Exactly. Some, maybe yeah, both, one of these days, one of these days, one of these days we'll be at that level. Now, what was interesting <laughs> is that that event, they didn't have any like speaking area for the speakers no. for people to go to the bathroom. They just had those right. porta potties. I was like, yeah. Uh, I looked at Clay and I was like, I'm going to go find Scott McKay. He's got a bus. Then I go find Scott and I'm like, hey, Scott, where's your bus? I need to go to the bathroom. And he goes, yeah, if it wasn't a mile and a half away, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. you could use it. And I was like, oh, man, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the things they have to go through to pull these events off, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Regardless of the uh, the controversy, controversy about getting a location set up or the, yep. you know, the uh, ridiculousness that our cities and states and politicians whoever's trying to stand in the way of those even happening they do a great job of persevering and making sure it happens certainly do they certainly do and um well hey i know this it's been uh, hasn't been too long since we've talked but it was back in the fall and i know you've got a bunch of new info and for those of you i mean i would imagine most of you out there listening right now you know who dr artist is but if you don't um let's just give the folks doc a, a brief background dr brian artis is the founder and ceo of artist labs the first doctor in america to blow the whistle on remdesivir um which is a non-approved fda drug that anthony fauci made a protocol in all the hospitals which is one of the main reasons why a lot of people in the hospital didn't make it out of the hospital unfortunately um but without dr artis you know bringing that to light god knows how many people didn't would wouldn't would you know god knows how many people probably 
or more educated if they had to go into the hospital, if they listened to you, doc. So kudos for you for doing that research. Um, also been uh, a pioneer researching and uncovering the origins of COVID-19. And for those of you who don't know this, Dr. Artis is the one that brought to us Watch the Water, the documentary that <laughs> tied COVID-19 to snake venom and other toxic poisons from other creatures. Doctor, I can't talk to, to the level that you can about that, obviously, but um, that was incredibly disturbing to hear, but also a little bit enlightening because it kind of started to shed light on what are we really dealing with here? Because I think obviously everybody was in the dark. There was a lot of people that knew something was up, but not a lot of people knew what was going on until, you know, you started to do all this research and, and find other people around the world that had information that you could get to people. And, and in, in pre-show, we were just talking with you about what you've been able to do to help people. And I know there's going to be a lot of people, man, that are interested in hearing this because I've got friends that are texting at this point, calling um, people that, you know, uh, either took the jab because they believed in it or took it because they felt they had to, to keep their jobs. And now they're getting worried and now they're starting to see some symptoms and um, or having miscarriages, something, right? Miscarriages, yeah. uh, heart issues. We're seeing people we love and care about get aggressive cancers. And it's just, it's really, really hard to see it unfold. But that being said, you kind of gave us a glimmer of hope here in this conversation we had prior to starting. So we want to get into all of it, brother. And as you know, how we work is we like to give you the floor. Um, we want to hear what you have to say. So just kind of fill us in, you know, we're, we're doc, we're seeing, we're, we're seeing this unfold in front of our very eyes. We're seeing deaths, we're seeing disabilities, we're seeing injuries all over the world. Um, and we have people with long hauler COVID symptoms still that, that just can't seem to recover um, from being sick. And perhaps these people were jabbed, perhaps they weren't, but obviously there's, there's, there's something making them sick. And you, you came to the forefront to talk about how and what this all is. So just if you don't mind, just what 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 research have you come up with lately, um, you and your and your colleagues that, you know, what is what is what is being brought to light with all the things that you're discovering at this point? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to actually be in front of an audience or share truths as it's unfolding before my eyes in publications in inspirations from God telling me to go look mm -hmm. at stuff and then convey this information. It has been a. a very humbling three years and not something I expected, right? Retired in 2018, sold my second practice. I really didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea at the end of 2018 when I actually walked away from practice. I had no idea like 12, 13 months later, there was going to be a global assault on the world of people being made sick, poisoned, envenomated, you name it, whatever you want to call COVID. But uh, I had no idea. And I have to tell you, when you bring up uh, being the whistleblower, to be the first to bring to the attention worldwide of remdesivir and Anthony Fauci lying about its effectiveness in the Ebola trial in Africa the year before the pandemic, yeah. lying about what it did for COVID patients in a three-month trial from January to March of 2020, two months later in May, the first thing he says to the whole world, he publishes a memo and says, every hospital in this country of America can only use one drug and one drug only, an antiviral experimental drug never approved by the FDA, never found safe and effective, called remdesivir. Now imagine my shock as I'm actually angry because this protocol in May that I'm reading is identical in its toxicity and the downfall of the health of my father-in-law that happened three months prior. I just yeah. watched this happen to a human in front of me that I loved. 
and the assault and the horrible treatment of the medical doctors, the administrators of the hospital, the nurses, it was awful. It was awful, awful personal experience. And when May, when I, in May, when I read Anthony Fauci's memo on the NIH's website, I knew he was lying when I read the studies he was quoting, found it safe and effective, the drug remdesivir. And so from my home, uh, not knowing anything else was going on in the world around the pandemic, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was I wasn't able to protect my father-in-law from being killed in a hospital with a hospital protocol. There wasn't a damn chance while I was breathing that was ever going to happen to another human. So I actually contacted a publicist out of Washington, D.C. to put me on every platform she could find. I was doing 40 to 50 interviews from my dining room table in my house by myself, just pumping out interview after interview after interview, showing all the research studies, showing actual the truths about remdesivir from May until September. In September, after four months of doing that, all day long, every day, I was kind of tired. <laughs> I don't know if you've said the same story 10,000 times, but that's what it felt like. It ends in four months. I said, that's enough. I'm not paying the publicist anymore, and I quit. And then uh, I thought enough interviews were around. It was going to get around and help save people's lives, but at least it was off my chest. And my mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, worry, loss of my father-in-law with grief, I was kind of projecting on the entire world, trying to save you and your loved ones at home from the same ill fate of a hospital's protocol. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know how far those videos went. I just expected they went far. I had no idea how far, but uh, it really, truly was an odd experience because a week later, within like five days of me stopping doing interviews, a guy named Dr. Ben Marble, medical doctor out of Florida, is emailing me through my supplement company on my website that I've been totally ignoring for the last five months at that time, 10 months at that time. And he contacted me by email and said, hey, I know you have this artist all natural acne line. My name is Dr. Ben Marble. I've watched all your videos and your presentations on remdesivir and the hospital protocols. I've created a company called myfreedoctor.com. I've got 25 prescribing MDs for all 50 states. I need your help. Can you help us save more lives around the world by explaining the hospital protocols, by supporting early treatment options in telemedicine? Well, Dr. Ben Marble, I ignored for about five days because he said he had ties to Washington, D.C., and I thought it was a setup. I didn't really know who to trust at that point anyway. So about five days later, my wife's like, are you going to email that doctor back? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should go look at his website he mentioned in the email. It was myfreedoctor.com. I look it up, and imagine my shock to see on the screen all the doctors that are in his group. Uh, I recognized a bunch of them. There's 25 of them. But Peter McCullough was on there. Dr. Zev Zelenko was in the group. Harvey Reese was in the group. And I just remember thinking, uh, well, I know these individuals. And if they're working directly with him, maybe I should call them back. So I called him only to find out he's got these 25 docs working to help save lives around the country. But they've never had a business call meeting. And they're going to do one that Thursday. This is on a Monday. And he said, look, we're going to do a Zoom call if you'll help me. We know you're not a prescribing doctor. You're a retired chiropractor. Can you please just get audiences to the platform where we can save their life and keep them out of hospitals? And this is what he said on the first phone call. He goes, I've watched all your interviews. The reason why I need your help, Dr. Artis, says Dr. Marble, MD. He says, uh, I've never heard another medical doctor explain better than you do how the human body works, how it fails, and how drugs impact it, and then how nutrients support it. It would be hugely beneficial to our group if you can help us. Well, four days later, 
I'm asked to conduct the Zoom call for the first time with Peter McCullough, Zev Zelenko, Harvey Reese, and all of them are on there. They, he asked me to conduct that whole meeting. And so here I am bringing them up to speed on the hospital protocols, what we're working on with Thomas Renz and uh, law, lawsuits and stuff. And then I turned it over to Peter. We got his input, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko. And this is how it really all started. And then two days later after that uh, meeting is when uh, the international attorney, uh, Dr. Reiner Filmic, actually contacted my wife through Facebook message and said, we need to depose your husband. And so I went on his show, his interview or podcast, and that, that had 100 million views in just a, a week or two. And from there, I've been asked to be at every medical convention just about to speak on hospital protocols, the dangers of the drugs, what we know, uh, and then continue the warning. Because even now, right now, remdesivir is the only approved drug for infants in America if they get COVID. And that drug is proven to cause acute kidney failure, multiple organ failure and death, and up to 30% of all people you give that drug to. Why are we giving that to children? So... I've been asked to go to all state capitol buildings, rallies all over the country, speaking events all over the country. I fly all over the place somewhere every week, it feels like. As I go around, though, it's very interesting to have medical professionals tell me that I'm a hero to people around the world. You have no idea, Dr. Artis, how far that message has gotten and how many probably millions of lives you may have saved. And that's humbling to hear. That's great to hear. But uh, I did it solely because I wanted to see how many lives we could save and prevent from being taken advantage of and ill-treated. So that's that was the purpose behind what everything I did. And then in December of 2021, so about 13 months ago, 12 months ago, 13 months ago, I actually received a, a text message from one of the docs I travel around with and speak with, and that's Dr. Richard Bartlett. He's an emergency room medical doctor out of Odessa, Texas. He sent me a text that said, hey doc, if uh, if you were to ever get bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get anti-venom therapy? And it was just this random text out of nowhere that had nothing to do with anything. I felt like, and I was like, in my head, I was like, of course I would go get treated with anti-venom if I got bit by a rattlesnake. Who wouldn't? So I didn't really understand where his text came from. But when I went and looked at, I knew he knew something about anti-venom I didn't know. Uh, but that was his way of actually nudging me to go research as a retired chiropractor, go learn more about anti-venom. And when I looked it up, what I learned was is monoclonal antibodies that were being used for COVID sick patients, monoclonal antibodies. Howdy, I've just been talking. Are we off? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure they don't. Oh, sorry. It still says recording. I just thought you turned off your cameras. It says it's at, but it says it says we're at fifteen twenty. It's just been recording the whole time, so I was just talking and yapping. I don't hear you. I don't. I don't hear anything. Sorry. Here we go, folks. Sorry, we were we were experiencing some technical difficulties. Um, I hope, hopefully, you got to hear what Dr. Artis just said. I know I wasn't able to because we were cut out. Our internet just dropped. Again, Dr. Artis, I don't think they like what we're talking about, man. This ha this only you know who this only happens to. It only happens to you and Dr. Lee Merritt and what was one other person? Uh, Judy. 
Dr. Jane Ruby. Jane Ruby yeah. and Mary Toko. Those four people, uh, they always seem to have we always seem to have technical difficulties when we interview folks. folks. I'm very well used to this. Almost anytime I start talking, people are always like, What's going on with my internet connection? I'm yeah. Like, yep. Really? Welcome to my so, world. So, Doc, um, I, I, you, you took off. Uh, I think it dropped when we were talking about your father-in-law and what had happened to him in the hospital, and that you basically took that as a personal challenge. That hey, listen, not on my watch. Um, so, hopefully, it picked up everything you it said was, after it was that. Still recording, and I was watching. Yeah. Me, so I'll just right, cool. I'll just bring it up to where I was. Yeah, I was keep going. Yep, perfect. It's, it's really odd to still go around to conventions, medical conventions. I even do presentations now at conventions for medical doctors where they can get CME credits to keep their license. Imagine the irony of that. I wanted the whole world to hate the medical profession and not trust a medical doctor ever again. Mm -hmm. And they're asking me to help them keep their license so they can keep practicing in their, you know, in their annual conventions. So I go there and do all my presentations. I mean, it's almost every week. It's very interesting. Very, very odd circle (laughs) of experience. But I will tell you what's really interesting is most of your audience should know who Dr. Peter McCullough is and a lot of others. Ev Zelenko, I mentioned while it was being recorded and y'all weren't on there. Uh, Harvey Reich and all those. Uh, I was introduced to them by Ben Marble uh, right at the at the end of four months of me doing all these interviews is when Dr. Ben Marble of MyFreeDoctor.com called me or emailed me and asked me to join his group. And I was like, who's in your group? And that's when I looked up his website and I was like, oh, Peter McCullough's in there. I've heard of him. Zeb Zelenko, I've heard of him. And within three days, I was asked by Ben Marble to do their hold their first ever Zoom meeting online with all the docs prescribing in all 50 states of America. I was asked to conduct that entire one-hour conference call. And I was like, you want the retired chiropractor to do this? Fine, I'll do it. But I did it, and it was really fun. Everybody knew who I was, and they were all very happy. Yeah. But I want to bring this to light because this is kind of like the weird, odd reality for me that often you don't recognize what your actions are doing around the world. You just know something's important to you. So you keep talking about it. Yep. I was asked to go to an event with Dr. Molly James. Uh, she held an event in St. Louis, Missouri, about two months ago. And they had about 50, I don't know, 30 doctors there that were doing presentations over a three-day period. I was only able to be there one day, but uh, I was asked to be one of the first speakers of the first day. At lunchtime, they decided to get all the doctors up on stage and do a picture with all the warrior docs. And they asked me to stand right in the middle because I'm tall. And then Peter McCullough is asked to be right in front of me with, uh, there's just two two rows of docs lined up on the stage. But Peter McCullough is right in front of me and this pediatric neurosurgeon is right next to him, right in front of me. And as soon as they come in front of me, Peter's got his book, Courage to Face COVID, which is a great book. But he's holding the book for the picture. And the the pediatric neurosurgeon walks up and goes like this. I've never met her before. I just listened to her presentation. But she looks at me like this. Um, hey, Dr. Artis, uh, it's a great honor to meet you. And then she says this. Uh, you have been a hero to millions of people around the world. Do you know how many lives you've saved? I just want to tell you, uh, it's obvious God's working through you to save lives. This is not a joke. Wow. And I said, it's great to meet you. God, I hope it did that. I mean, that's really all I wanted. I just, God, I hope that's what happened. And uh, Peter McCullough looks at the lady, who he's probably never met either. He looks right at her and he goes, hey, doc, talking to the lady. Hey, doc, do you know when the entire narrative of COVID shifted? And she goes, no. And he goes, when he started speaking out 
she, he's pointing up at me, like right in my face. And he goes, when he started speaking out, when he started his presentations in May, and he was saying the hospital protocol is a setup, and you're going to be poisoned to death, and they're going to blame it on an infection they're going to call COVID. You watch. This is what the plan is. Peter looks at this lady and goes, do you know what, when he started speaking out, we, the medical doctors and the medical profession, had to go look at the data to see if he was telling the truth because they were just blindly following what they were told in the hospitals. And he goes, the moment we figured out he was right is when all of us medical doctors tried to find ways through telemedicine to save people's lives. And then we got him to help us get that out to the world. And I was, I was just looking at Peter and I said, uh, well, you're very welcome. And thank God y'all woke up. Regardless <laughs> of what woke you up, thank God it happened because uh, I really was hell bent on making the whole world hate you distrust you and never want to see you ever again ever i mean that was what i was going to do and thank god there was a few it's not very many but thank god there's been a few as peter always says there's a million licensed medical doctors in this country there's maybe maybe 500 of them 500 that are awake and then we all correct them and go i haven't counted 100 yet <laughs> i can't even get to 100 who are out outspoken at all odds protecting the innocent I can't even think of 100. I can think of maybe 50, maybe 50, probably, probably the closest number. It's what do sad. you think, what do you think the reason is? To hear this what? said to me by yeah. people who are all trying their best to try to save lives. And uh, and uh, and for a long time, I always thought it was weird. I'm like, why do I keep getting asked to go to these events? So this is actually what I thought. Why do I keep at, Why do I keep getting asked to do this? Was I really the only one that saw this? Or I thought I was just the only one that was willing to say something because I didn't have a stake in the medical game. I just thought I was the only one brave enough to say it. But when you constantly are around medical professionals who mm -hmm. all of a sudden look at the information you're spreading around the world, it's very cool to know that uh, you, you took up some kind of charge. And I'm sure God allowed this to happen for me, wanted to use me to do this stuff for some reason, and thought I could uh, project this information with confidence and unwavering without confusion so you could make a decision that you're going to be safe. Uh, can be educated enough to be confident you're going to be safe at home and not die from COVID, which 99% of you did not, thank God, but they wanted you to think you were. And uh, it really was never as deadly as they said it was. But the hospital protocols, for sure, were way more deadly than anything else related to COVID. So uh, anyway, it's been a very, very, uh, it's been a great and humbling experience. Uh, but it's, it's odd, too, at the same time. You're like, why am I sitting in this position and why am I being counted on for this? And why did I have to know about venom and COVID? Well, I'll tell you why. Have you not watched the medical profession over the last year? Squirm. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to, I don't know anything about that. Don't listen to him. He's just a retired chiropractor. Oh, really? Well, there's only about 5% of the medical world who does not believe me. Seriously. Wow. The rest of them got it. The rest of them are getting it. The rest of them are figuring it out. It just takes some time when you're first made aware of something that is so shocking to you. <laughs> like once you see it in your face, you're like, what? Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Never thought of that. It's kind of like the first time, if I give an example. Mm -hmm. About 20 years ago, I attended a seminar here in Dallas about practice in general and being a leader of a company. It's like a leadership training program. In there, they're asking us why we were involved in this three-month program. And this little African-American lady next to me goes, I know why I'm here. I'll tell the group, I want to create a documentary. And uh, I said, what, what is it going to be about? And she goes, I want to create a documentary on the sex trafficking of children. 
that is going on all over America. Yeah. Now she's a sheriff in the Dallas Police Department, and I went like this. She was in her outfit, and I went like this. Sex trafficking? Where does that happen? Not in Dallas, huh? Where are you talking about? And she goes, "What?" She goes, uh, "What's your name?" I said, "I'm Doctor Artist." She goes, "Doctor Artist." There are 12 full-time sex trafficking assigned full-time police officers in Dallas, Texas, in Dallas's police department. I said, I said 12 full-time, like just designated for sex trafficking? And she goes, yes. And I said, and human trafficking of children? Yes. I said, is there enough work to keep you busy? Like, this is what I wonder. I was like, is there enough work to keep you busy? I've lived here for 10 years. I've never seen any. I've never seen any sex trafficking or the illusion that I should go looking for it. And she goes, uh, it's in your face. You just don't see it. And I'm like, really? She goes, it's so pervasive. It's worldwide. Everybody needs to know about it. And yes, we're aware of it because we're working it all day. It's one of those moments where for me, I was like shocked. Like, why would you want to do that? That's not happening here. <laughs> I just didn't know. Yeah. But I didn't call her a liar or, uh, you know, a conspiracy theorist. I was just like, wow, wow, really? Oh my God. But what evidences do I need to look for? What should I be cautioned about? Or what? How can I help? Uh, and that would have been a way better response by a lot of the medical profession because if they would have just looked originally after a year now, as it's now being proven, mm -hmm. that long hauler COVID patients now have confirmed snake venom peptides and cone snail venoms out of the ocean in their body replicating now that they confirmed it medically. Imagine how many lives we could have saved a year ago if you'd have just been humble enough to listen to the retired chiropractor who was only sharing with the world published science and scientists work. It wasn't my work. It was their work. You just weren't looking at it because you were being bombarded with a million published research papers every day that are fraudulent, trying to keep their narrative. They wanted you to speak on alive. And uh, anyway, it's just been a very, very surreal experience. So very exciting. But anyway, COVID-19, every single symptom of COVID, all of them, all of it, can be totally 100% answered by venoms they are spreading around the world. They're called synthetic venoms. They are manufactured all over the world. How do they do it? They introduce venom to bacteria and yeast and mammal cell lines. And in the presence of bacteria and yeast and mammal cells, when the cells draw in the venom, it spits out more of it. It manufactures it at a very large scale. And they've been doing this for decades. Yeah. In fact, our government knows what a bioterrorism threat these venoms are on the Department of the United States Department of Justice right now. You can look it up. You can look it up right now and show it on the screen. In 2012, the United States Department of Justice published an article, and it's still on there. It's titled Conotoxins, Potential Weapons of the Sea. 2012. And all it says is there's so much of these sea snail venoms being manufactured around the world. We are concerned it could be used as a bioterrorism weapon to be aerosolized over large populations that would cause respiratory disease and failure and death. Oh, my God. What did they sell you on for COVID? It's exactly what they sold you. And the reason why this is significant is because in Department of Justice in 2012 publishes this article. And you can show the world right now if you want to. Just type in Google. There it is right there. And it tells you. Everything about these conotoxin venoms from sea snails in the ocean, how they can be used as an aerosolized weapon. I mean, look, it even reads it right there. 
The most lethal effect of conotoxins to humans is muscle paralysis of the diaphragm, causing respiratory arrest. Really? That's what they said COVID was. And they worry. Look at this. Read the last two sentences. Concerns in the homeland security field exist that certain conotoxins could be weaponized and used as an aerosol. Conotoxins at risk of terrorist use include alpha conotoxins, kappa conotoxins. And do you know what the O of the alphabet for the Greeks stands for? O conotoxins. Do you know what O stands for? Omega. No, no idea. Ah, Omicron. Oh boy. So, I just want you to know the Department of Justice is worried this could be used as a bioterrorism weapon. Now it's showing up confirmed in June of 2020. 15 different conotoxin venoms are found in COVID 19 patients, all of them in Italy. You can download the PDF there and get the whole article. You see where it says downloads on the right? You can Mm -hmm. download that PDF and get the whole thing. All right, so just you know, they know they're making venoms around the world. There's so much of it. They're worried that this marine snail in the ocean, there's so much of its venom being synthetically made around the world. It could be used as an aerosol. Okay. All right. And you guys need to be very careful. They know they're making enough venoms around the world, around the world, to be used as insecticide sprayed from crop dusters. Oh, boy. If they have enough venom they could spray from a cloud from behind an airplane you don't think they have enough to spray over cities spray inside your water system well, how do we know right on your farms and you irrigate the farm where it rains where do you yep. think the venom in the water which is water soluble where's it going to go the water right into the, right into the soil you're ingesting this now uh, the reason why i want to bring that up and show that is there's a great medical doctor his name's dr chetty c-h-e-t-t-y out of south africa on January 28th, just last week, someone's interviewing him on their podcast. And this other doctor says to Dr. Chetty, Dr. Chetty, you've done a great job with the COVID patients for the last three years. What have you found recently or any updates? And he goes, yes, I do have updates. People from around the world are coming to his clinic with long hauler symptoms for COVID. That they can't. One of the primary core symptoms they all have in common are GI problems, gut problems. Bleeding, yep. diarrhea, mucus, phlegm, bloating, IBS symptoms, you name it. They all have these symptoms, along with other symptoms. Dr. Teddy says in this five-minute clip starting at minute 40, he says, what we found was is that in these people that would not respond to normal therapies for COVID and wouldn't recover, we ran their stool samples. And we found that in all of their intestines and in their stools, they had a bacteria that was replicating snake venom peptides and sea snail venoms called conotoxins that I just showed you. On the U.S. Department of Justice's website in America, their word could be used as a terrorism weapon. Really? Uh, It's showing up in a terrorism agenda we're calling COVID worldwide. This is a global terrorism. Now, he just confirmed that last week that they found replicating snake venom, peptides, and sea snail venoms called conotoxins in the in the feces of all long haulers COVID patients. What he said was, we had to figure out what this bacteria was that was replicating the venom. And then we had to kill it off to stop their body from manufacturing venoms. Oh my God, what have I been saying for the last year? There's this term in science, it's called genetic engineering. And they actually tell you 
that they can manufacture synthetic venoms in E. coli bacteria, yeast, and mammal cells. So they just put venom in the presence of bacteria, yeast, or mammal cells, and all three of those will manufacture venom like endlessly, just continue to produce more and more venom as long as it's present. So this is something called genetic engineering. That's not only applied to venom replication, but it is what does it. And this is what they knew they were doing and creating when they released COVID. What do you think the mRNA injection is, by the way? They're injecting you with the instructions to make spike protein. What did they find spike proteins were for SARS-CoV-2? It was published in April of 2020. They found the spike protein that made this virus so deadly that's on the outside of the virus was actually identified to be king cobra venom or crepe venom peptides, little bitty fragments of their venom on the outside of the virus. They called them spike proteins. They're actually called spike glycoproteins because they're wrapped in sugar. Glyco means sugar. And that's what makes all the red blood cells stick together to cause clotting from venoms. This is what it does. But anyway, it's been a so are you, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this in both the jabbed and unjabbed, meaning the replication? Well, I, we haven't confirmed that yet. The long haulers, COVID patients, yes. Okay. What we are working on right now, we have a ton of vaccine injured. I just ordered stool sample kits to confirm. Do they all have concomitant or at the same time as their injuries? Are they living with E. coli or yeast infections in their body? If they are, this is why their symptoms won't subside. And there's an easy wow. way to determine that. So I just want you to know, the actual venom peptides are published by word, written word in the research papers of the people that created the shots. Their name is Drew Weissman and Catalin Carrico. In their research studies at the University of Pennsylvania since 2009 and every single mRNA gene therapy paper, paid for by the Anthony Fauci's department at the NIH. They state the preferred chemicals we use in our mRNA gene editing therapy research. We use snake venom by words, snake, the word snake, and the word after that is venom, phosphodiesterase. It's the component of venom in all venomous creatures that destroys your DNA. Wow. Remember, what's the point of venom? It is to kill you. So they have to destroy your cells' ability to replicate new cells in front of the injured cells. They don't want that happening. Venomous creatures want you to die. You're their prey. So they inject you with this thing called snake venom phosphodiesterase that damages the cell membrane wall of the cell, and then it gets inside your cell, and then damages the nucleus, which contains RNA and DNA. But what the people who made these COVID shots said is, we like snake venom phosphodiesterase and RNase, which is also from snake venom, because we cleave RNA and DNA with it and insert mRNA. Really? Do you really think they figured that out in science? <laughs> How to make venom, a destructive genetic part of venom, specifically target one amino acid to divide your DNA and insert this mRNA? It's so disgusting and weird. And just so you all know, all of you think this is weird. Maybe some of you. It ain't weird. It's very true. If you've never studied CRISPR technology, mm -hmm. y'all know what CRISP, even R, not the little R on the end of CRISPR. Remember, it's all it's all spelled 
all capitals, crisp with a little R on the end. Do you know what the uh, capital crisp is? <laughs> crisp is snake venom components. The R, little R on the end of crisp-er, is designated for the Roche Company, R-O-C-H-E, who owns the patents to doing insertion and deletion of human DNA and inserting snake venom DNA into its place. CRISPR technology is this idea that you can delete a diabetes gene in your family or your individuals to protect you from developing a hereditary diabetes diagnosis. Or if several generations of moms in a family had breast cancer, they believe in the fourth generation, they can, when your baby's born, they can actually check your genetics, your DNA. And if you have the gene that's going to cause you to develop breast cancer, we can just delete that gene and insert another gene. CRISPR technology is nothing than deleting human genes and inserting another gene. It just so happens CRISPR technology is nothing than inserting snake venom genes into your DNA. That's what CRISPR technology is. Look it up. Look up CRISPR's snake venom components. <laughs> and it pops up. This is, you have what are called three finger toxins in venoms. You have blood toxins, neurotoxins. You have all kinds of, and then you've got these CRISPR's. Crisps by name, venomous components. Anyway, this is a technology that we're spending billions of dollars to invest in pharmaceutically. It's also the same premise behind all mRNA tech. mRNA vaccines are nothing but making your cells manufacture venom spike proteins. They keep and that's why, and that's why we're seeing folks that can't seem to shake the symptoms exactly of COVID-19. Right. So because of that right there. Exactly right. And venom, just, you know, even if you get bit by a viper, let's just say you, you, Mike, mm -hmm. or you, James, get bit by a viper. If you get bit by a viper, even if you treat the bite, did you know that the venom will stay in your body for 10 years circulating around your tissues? And if the venom gets into any organ, let's just say it lands in your pancreas eventually, five years after mm -hmm. getting bit by the viper, you are going to have diabetes form because venom targets nicotine receptors on the outside of beta cells in your pancreas that create insulin. So when the venom makes its way through your bloodstream or lymph and hits your pancreas, if that's the one organ it hits, you will start not being able to produce insulin and your blood sugar is going to rise and rise and rise. And they're going to call you a type two diabetic or type one diabetic even. And then they're going to start putting you on drugs to manage it. Just so you know. This so because a, so because people have been exposed to this either through you know to your point aerosolized or through the water or through having it injected is that now something that they also have to consider as a possibility that it's going to stay in their body and then going to hit their pancreas and they're going to have all these other diseases that formulate because of it is that what you're saying of course that should be the worry overall that's what they know it does so the goal wow. is I mean, look at that, Chris. Did you know CRISPR technology was based on snake venom? No. Y'all should know we're spending billions of dollars of figuring out how to insert components of snake venom into human DNA as a cure for diseases. It's so ridiculous. It's so weird. But there's this cult called the cult of Asclepius. That's where the caduceus and the snake around a rod, that whole imagery came from for medicine. Okay. The cult of Asclepius is a Greek god they, they worshipped as the great healer. Uh, that cult, they actually says that cult uh, utilizes snakes in their cult as a part of their worship. 
they believed snakes because they shed their skin. How much shedding around these vaccines have you seen? Shedding. Yeah. You've never heard that term in your whole life. You want to know why? Never. They're intimidating the world with snake venom that they know causes people to shed and snakes shed. But the shedding of snake skin every year, the cult of Asclepius in this pharmacia, pharmaceutical industry, they believe the shedding of a snake's skin to come out of hibernation makes it appear snakes are immortal and they don't age. They believe snakes have the power to provide immortality to man based on its shedding of its skin annually. And now they are trying to figure out how to take God's created DNA, delete genetic sequences and insert snake venom or the serpent into your DNA. And it's amazing that I've had any medical professionals anywhere go, that's not possible. That's not what's happening with these shots. Really? Why aren't you looking at the evidence? Because they published the spike proteins are venom peptides, proteins. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, they're saying we're using mRNA technology to get your body to make the spike proteins that were found to be king cobra venom and crepe venom. Why don't you want to look at that? The whole CRISPR billion dollar industry is about deleting your genes that are human and inserting snake venom genes. That's what they're doing. And just so y'all know, in order to give the warning to the world, if you want to know why it is they're experimenting on the whole world right now with their mRNA tech called COVID vaccines, if you're not aware of this, you might want to become aware. In 1981, they were studying a viper's venom out of Brazil. And inside of its venom, they isolated a substance that inhibited ACE receptors from contracting muscles. It's called an ACE inhibitor. They isolated this venom component, and then they gave it a drug name, and then synthetically started manufacturing it all over the world. And the drug's name is Captopril. That was in 1981. It's been 42 years since they release this snake venom pill to lower your blood pressure. Now, that drug, Captopril, is owned by Bristol-Myers Squibb Corporation. And anybody on the planet who is swallowing a drug every morning, and I'm talking right now, in America, there's currently 22 million Americans who are swallowing lisinopril mm -hmm. every day for high blood pressure. Do you know that half of that drug is snake venom called Captopril? Every morning, you're swallowing snake venom for the last 42 years now to lower your blood pressure. Did you know every venom from a snake ingested by a human, inhaled by a human, injected into a human? Do you know that they have this thing snake venom does? They called it an invisible action because they couldn't identify what was causing it. Venom in a mammal causes cancers to replicate. And they called this invisible factor of venom, they call it nerve growth factor because it causes brain tumors and neurological tumors to really quickly start being made. And then they found years later, not only does venom cause nerve tumors like brain tumors in a mammal, it also causes, causes epidermal growth tumors called epidermal growth factor. And they can create cancers of your skin cancers of your intestines, cancers of your spleen, cancers of your ovaries, cancers of your uterus, if they expose you to those venoms. And the 22 million Americans every day are swallowing snake venom for high blood pressure. You wonder why all your elderly and assisted living homes are now being diagnosed with cancers, 
galore autoimmune diseases. Um, they're they're telling you to swallow venom and it has a positive. Could, it's really disgusting. Do you so, think that that could cause autoimmune diseases like um, RA? There's no doubt. One hundred percent. They already know it. In fact, I don't know if y'all know this. Um, how do I want to say this? You know those conotoxins I just told you about, where you pulled yeah. it up on the United States Department of Justice? Did I make that up? Did I give that to you, or did y'all look it up? We looked it up. Yeah, I told you to look it up. That's great. So you, you told us to look it up, yep. All right, now, I want you to uh, – <laughs> did you know that with that snail venom that is deadly, worried that it would be a terrorism that would cause respiratory failure and respiratory arrest, as published by the United States Department of Justice, do you know there's currently a drug made from it? that gets injected into people. It's only an injection. It's made from that cone snail venom. It's called Ziconotide. Look it up on DrugsRx or Drugs.com. Ziconotide, Z-I-C-O-N-O-T-I-D-E. And then pull it up and then I want you to go to severe side effects. The brand name of this drug is called Prealt. P-R-A-L-P-R-I-A-L-T. Yeah. So Ziconotide is the generic name. Ziconotide, if you show your audiences the side effects, it's every published side effect being reported by COVID vaccine injury. Jeez. All of them. And this wow. drug is only administered by injection. So this drug, Ziconotide, is reported and published to be 1,000 times more potent than morphine at blocking pain signals alone. Now, if you go to Ziconotide and go to drugs.com or something, you can probably yep. scroll up. You'll see drugs.com and look at their side effects. Watch this. Uh, you're getting there. You're getting there. There you go. Right there. there you go. Go that's right go there. That's right there. Pre-alt. Yeah, there you go. And then let's <laughs> look, click on serious side effects. You see the blue right there. Click it. So serious side effects. I want you to see these. How many people have you seen after the vaccines? They can't walk. They're stumbling, oh trembling, God. shaking. Look at this. Thoughts of killing oneself. Do you see that? Thoughts mm -hmm. of killing oneself. Trembling or shaking of the hands or feet. Uncontrolled eye movements. Unsteady trembling or other problems with muscle control. Look above at the very top on your screen. Delusions. You see that? Dementia. Yep. Clumsiness. Unsteadiness. Changes in patterns and rhythms of speech. That's called aphasia. This is why Bruce Willis just retired from Hollywood. He couldn't speak as fast as his mind thinks. That's a published side effect of venom. Uh, go keep going. I want you to go to the neurological symptoms. Nope, keep going. Well, and you and you you're seeing these videos online of people that yeah, all of a sudden will start to look around and like almost like they're seeing something, and then they just go into convulsions and drop to the floor or die. Right? Oh, yeah. Just say so you know, good guy. If you go up, you'll see feelings that others are watching or controlling your behavior. See that they they, they know this venom yes. causes paranoia, fearfulness, suspiciousness, other mental changes convulsions i mean how many of these have you seen all of this reads like conotoxin venom poisoning every single covid19 patient if you keep going look at the very bottom don't move your screen look at the very bottom bullet point you can see do you see where it says holding false beliefs yep look at that they know that this venom when it's introduced into the human body it will cause human beings uh. to hold to false beliefs that cannot be changed by fact uh okay I think every medical doctor in the world that wanted to question Dr. Artis's claims, I think they have Ziconotide poisoning from conotoxin venom. They know this venom changes the psychology of a human. In fact, 
every single side effect of conotoxin mm. venom. They actually publish. It causes delusions, hallucinations, schizophrenia. I mean, they know it does that. Bipolarism, anxiety. They know it does that. I mean, look at the rare ones. Keep going. Trouble breathing, trouble in concentration, trouble in sleeping. How many people have this crap? Yeah, yep. you keep going down. Look at the rare ones. They probably even have worse ones down there. Who knows? Is that why you saw those videos of people who are looking around? Yes. Like, yeah. Like, like someone's and then they just pass out or die or whatever? Yes, that is yeah. called delusions and hallucinations. Yeah. They're seeing something that's not there. This is a published side effect of him. In fact, if you go up to the top, I think it's in a box. There's a warning for this drug at the very top, I believe, right there. Warning. Read it. Read it out loud. Warning. So Kenotide is contradicted in patients with pre-existing history of psychosis. Severe psychiatric symptoms and neurological impairment may occur during treatment with this. Oh, my gosh. Monitor all patients frequently for evidence of cognitive impairment, hallucinations, or change in mood or consciousness. Discontinue, what is it, Zikonotide therapy, Zikonotide therapy in the event of serious neurological or psychiatric signs or symptoms. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it That's reads just, just like everything you're watching. Now, just so you know, do you know what another published side effect of conotoxins found in every COVID-19 patient's blood and feces is, including long hauler COVID last week? You know what another published side effect of conotoxin venom in mammals is? It causes what is called audiogenic seizures. Do you know what those are? Mm -hmm. You ever seen a fainting goat? Yep. Those are called audiogenic seizures with a loud clap or a scare, like a loud noise. It will create a seizure and convulsion immediately in these mammals when they have conotoxin venoms inside of them. Now, when I read this about six months ago, do you know what my first thought was when I read it? Oh, my God. What about all these athletes who have been vaccinated running around soccer fields when they blow horns for a goal? What if these and you see all these athletes just falling over? This is what's happening in those videos you're watching where people are spinning around. Their legs are straight out. Arms are straight out until they relax and collapse. That's what a flipping fainting goat does with an audiogenic seizure. And, you know, all these videos that were circulating around, everybody's like, oh, my God, look at these people collapsing and dying. I don't think they died. I actually think it was a seizure just like the fainting goats. You just don't see them get up. You see them at subway trains, intersections. They're all usually outside or in a warehouse or something. How do you Mm -hmm. know there wasn't a horn from a forklift, a car driving by the intersection that just honked their horn or a taxi? The people would have had a seizure and just fell over. But within a minute, their faculties would have come back and they would have stood right back up. How do you know? You don't have the whole footage. It just looks like they died. So does the fainting goats when you scream at them. They fall over. (laughs) Audiogenic seizures is a published side effect of conotoxin venoms. The same venom found in all COVID patients in the beginning of the pandemic. And it's actually a published side effect. Audiogenic seizures of flipping conotoxins and the same one your government the united states government said in 2012 they were worried could be used on the general populace as a bioterrorism weapon oh really eight years later it shows up in the blood feces of covid patients everywhere all right now i want you to look at this this is not a joke i want you all to go on the world i want you to do a google search right now world economic forum killer snails I want you to just type that in. World Economic Forum Killer Snails. 
2012, the United States Department of Justice says we're worried this could be used as a terrorism weapon. Click the first one right there. First How one. can killer snails improve the state of the world? Yeah, click it open. <laughs> now, notice the date of the World Economic Forum. September, September 11th. 11th. That was weird. Hmm. 2015. Guess what killer snails are talking about? All right, so you see where it says, how can killer snails help improve the state of the world? This is 2015. Uh, Mike and James, are you guys convinced that the World Economic Forum is playing a part in the massive deception of COVID? Uh, Barely. 100%. Yeah. The World Economic Forum, their actual logo, if you want to look it up, is World Economic Forum, committed to improving the state of the world. Do they not continually talk about that by the year 2030, we need to depopulate the planet, save the resources of the planet. This is how they're going to improve the state of the world. Look what they published in 2015, three years after our government said we're worried conotoxins could be used as a terrorism weapon. Look what they publish. How can killer snails help improve the state of the world? Most people wouldn't think snails as venomous creatures, but just like snakes, scorpions, and spiders, they have an extraordinary potential to contribute to medical science. Oh, really? Wow. Figure out how to kill people? Venom is potent, fast acting, acting, and extremely efficient. In short, it has all the makings of a successful, successful drug. drug. The venom of conidian mm. snails, or killer snails as I loving refer to them, allows these slow-moving predators to feed on agile prey by shutting down a fish's normal functions, preventing them from escaping. Um, just so you all know, you are the fish. They are preying on you so you don't get away. So this is them proposing how co conotoxin venoms they believe can be used to improve the state of the world, which their mission statement is. We need to improve the state of the world. How do we do that? We have to fix climate change by reducing the population of the earth. Oh, my God. They just published in 2015. We should use conotoxins to improve the state of the world. Yeah, we know they're deadly, but they could absolutely be beneficial. Really. It's showing up in the blood and feces of every COVID-19 patient who's struggling to breathe. How's that improving the state of the world? And now you've got Dr. Chetty, MD, in South Africa, confirming in Africa, <laughs> Southern Africa, not Italy, Southern mm -hmm. Africa, last week, that they're finding replicating conotoxin venoms, cone snail, killer snail, deadly venoms, replicating in the body of human beings on land. These are ocean creatures, people. How has everybody around the world got cone snail venom in your body? I, I, raise your hand if anybody even knew what a cone snail was or has ever scuba dived and got bit by one. No, no, no. Nobody does. In fact, I find mm -hmm. it very, very odd. <laughs> I want to find a single medical doctor who can explain to me how it is they're finding marine snail venom in COVID-19 patients. Wow. They must have had so, some bad shellfish for dinner. So, Doc, yeah. how do people get this bullshit out of their body? Yeah, so there's actually – that's a great question because – Because there's a lot of people that are they're dealing with – All right, this is my number one right. thing I'm going to say to you. Number one worldwide, if you are struggling with long-hauler COVID symptoms or you're worried about ever-developing long-hauler COVID symptoms or you have individuals or loved ones who have gotten the vaccines and are injured – you have got to do a stool test. And you can go to the drartistshow.com, go to the parasite test kit. It actually links you to the lab directly where you can get the test kit I would recommend. 
Everyone should know if they have E. coli replicating or yeast in their body or parasites, why they feed these pathogens that replicate venoms in their presence. If we can identify it's there, do the test, see if it's there, and then wipe it out if you want to recover. And then there are specific things that kill and detoxify venom. If you go to the shop all button there, shop all, go down to parasite test. Yeah, just parasite test. Yeah, there you go. That's the test kit. And you if you click the purchase from PCI, that green button, it takes you to the lab's test site. Now, if you really want to do this at home, there's a code. You see the coupon code there? Remember, this is not my site anymore. Once you go here, you're not on my site anymore. But in the coupon code, you can type the word capital A-R-D-I-S, capital A-R-D-I-S, 10, the number 10, exclamation point. And when you apply it, it will save 10% off the cost of that kit. So it takes yep. off 26 yep. bucks if you want to do it. There you go. Look at it. So this is the test I would run just to make sure you don't have that sitting there still replicating venom because they know how to do this. Uh, anyway, that's what they do. Wow. And then number two, you're going to have venom inside of you. All of you that are injured dealing with long haulers COVID. COVID-19 is nothing other than weaponized venoms. It doesn't even matter if you think there's a virus. The virus was already deemed not deadly. It was just the spike protein, and the spike protein was confirmed to be venoms. And remember, the mRNA injections, isn't that weird? The mRNA injections are instructing your cells to make the spike protein, not the virus. They're telling your cells to only make the spike protein, which is venom. <laughs> the virus was never needed. That wasn't what was making people sick. They didn't need a virus. It was just venoms. Venom, synthetic peptides manufactured around the world. It's really quite disgusting. All right. So there are published detoxifying agents of venoms. And this is what every injured person should know. You really should have a professional who understands this stuff. And I'm building out a whole protocol for healthcare practitioners, how to manage reversing and getting venom out of people. I've had to learn it all on my own. But there are things like hydrogen peroxide. Food grade, 35%. Do not buy hydrogen peroxide from the store in the brown bottles. That is not the same. It's very deadly to drink it. 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide. Follow the recommendations of the company. They will always start with this. Six to eight ounces of distilled water. Add three drops of 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide. Drink that three times a day. Go up by one drop every day in your dosing. Up to 25 drops. That's what they're going to recommend. Hydrogen peroxide breaks the protein bonds. They're called disulfide bonds of venoms. So that's going to be step number one. Number two, there's a substance called bentonite clay, B-E-N-T-O-N-I-T-E, bent-O-N-I-T-E, clay. Online, you can find it. It's called Aztec Healing Clay. You can find it online order. It comes in a little white tub with a little Aztec pyramid on it. It's a grayish white powder. You take an eighth of a teaspoon, put it in water, mix it, and drink it. It binds to venoms and helps eliminate them from your body. If you're injured, you need to be on EDTA as a supplement at at least 2,000 milligrams a day. It completely detoxifies venoms. EDTA, bentonite clay, um, and whatever the first thing was I mentioned. What was the first thing? Hydrogen, uh, hydrogen peroxide, food hydrogen grade. Peroxide. It's freaking phenomenal. This thing is, uh, 
out of this world incredible. It's going to be a part of everybody's healing protocol for sure. Hydrogen peroxide. So uh, those would be the first three. And then for those of you who have neurological damage, just so you know, you keep hearing published that COVID and its spike proteins cause damage to your cells and make you sick by binding to what are called ACE2 receptors. That is not true at all. They are not targeting ACE2 receptors. That is a red herring. They want you to only think it's going there. It is not the target. That is not even the main target. The main target on all cells to shut off your organs functions. For example, your brain is to control your breathing, standing, walking, coordination, muscles, all that. When venom <laughs> gets inside your brain, it will target these receptors to shut off their function and you'll be paralyzed or you can't breathe. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You're going to die, whatever it is. Polio. Yeah, that's what you're gonna have symptoms called beyond beret syndrome that's being paralyzed by venom that's what it's called all right so what is the receptor they're targeting all viruses including the flu virus common cold virus called coronaviruses hiv all of them they all target one receptor it's called nicotinic acetylcholine receptors nicotine receptors not ace2 receptors and you and and for those who have neurological injury uh, organic tobacco leaf soaked foot baths to get the nicotine in your body or nicotine gums, nicotine pouches, nicotine uh, patches, any way to get nicotine in your body in small doses at first to release the venoms from their receptor sites. That's what you need. So at the same time, you're going to introduce nicotine to get the venom off your receptors and turn on all your normal functions of life. For example, when venom touches the taste receptors in your tongue that we all drank in water when we got COVID, when it touches your mouth, the venom targets the nicotine receptors on the nerves that control taste and it shuts off their function. So now you don't taste anymore. It's also the nicotine receptors on your smelling sense that actually gets shut off too and you can't taste anything or smell anything. To get the venom off the receptors, you need nicotine to do it. Now, in most cases, ivermectin can work because it binds to the same nicotine receptors, but it's nothing was designed by God more perfectly than nicotine to be grabbed by these nicotine receptors and let go of anything else. Ivermectin included, venom included, poisons included, it doesn't matter. You need nicotine to do that. So nicotine should be a part of the protocol, but you should be putting into your body the stuff that binds to and removes venom. So I'm gonna throw out to you Five or six things right now that everybody should be using to try to detoxify venom and get it out of you because that's all COVID's ever been if you're still dealing and struggling with it. And most of us were able to eliminate it because it wasn't enough to kill us. We were able to eliminate it through our bowels, urine, sweating, skin, whatever, which is why you had fevers and chills to sweat it out. So most of us were surviving that. Those who have not been able to survive it, there are published things that detoxify venom. You want the list? Here they go. Glutathione, mm -hmm. NAC, which is called N-acetylcysteine, yep. vitamin C, EDTA, macuna prurines, M-U-C-U-N-A, P-R-U-R-E-I-N-S, extract. That actually comes from the velvet bean plant. You want the liquid. Ashwagandha is an herb 
If you're looking for a supplement, sometimes they're not titled ashwagandha. They're titled withania, somnifera. Withania is usually what it's called. So is chaste tree herb, otherwise known as Vitex, V-I-T-E-X. Chaste tree, like someone is sexually chaste, C-H-A-S-T-E. Chaste tree. And then also it is published that an acid inside of licorice root was going to be an antidote for all of it. And it's called glycerahinic acid, something like that. But GL is the abbreviation. Now they sell licorice root teas, licorice root supplements. And on the supplement facts, when you turn it around, it will have these abbreviations, either DGL or GL. DGL, do not buy it. GL is what you want. And as much of it as possible, GL. That well, is. Does this actual, hold true for people that uh, took the jab too? That you absolutely. Think this would help. Okay. If y'all took the jab, y'all need to be doing this for sure. And if you don't have any injuries from the vaccine you're aware of, you should be doing these basic principles for the next three months easily. I mean, I wasn't injured by the vax. I never even got COVID. But about two months ago, November fourteenth to be exact, Joe Biden came out and said on a CNN interview that 100 million Americans will get COVID before March. Now, that's a third of our country. So do you know what I did? I was like, well, I'm not getting it. And no one else in my family is going to get it. So my wife Mm -hmm. chews nicotine gum, and I wear a small nicotine patch every day, and so do my kids. You want to know why? We're not going to get COVID. When nicotine is bound to your nicotine receptors, the venoms can't bind to it. So you're not even going to get sick. Your body's just going to eliminate it. And just so you know, all 13 meters of your intestines are lined with alpha-7 nicotine receptors. That's why so many people have GI problems with COVID. If you'll keep nicotine in small amounts going into the body, you can actually prevent almost all COVID symptoms. Isn't it shocking? Oh, let me tell you something else. That Chetty interview, Dr. Chetty MD, when he confirmed long haulers COVID patients have snake venom peptides and conotoxins replicating in their colons. The interviewer looks at him and says, let me just get this straight. From what you're saying, it sounds like COVID isn't as much a lung disease as it is a bowel disease. Am I hearing you right? And he goes just like this. It's exactly what I'm saying. Now, the truth is, what did I say? I said, they're lying to you the whole time. This is not a lung pathology. This is not a lung disease. You're not breathing this in. You're swallowing it. You're drinking it. And it's going straight into your stomach. And then from your stomach, where does it go? Into your intestines. Mm -hmm. This is a bowel thing. The guy's like, yeah, I've been treating COVID-19 patients for three years now. It's not a lung pathology. It's a gastrointestinal. Yes, everything gets in through the bowels. You're drinking it. And when it gets into your bowels, the bowels then absorb it into your bloodstream where it crosses the blood-brain barrier, causes the neurotoxic effect that causes you at home to start struggling to breathe and draw in air because the venom spike proteins were found in April of 2020 to target nicotine receptors in the brain. And they said, Corona, this new coronavirus disease called COVID, it's not a lung pathology. It's a central nervous system poisoning and it's suppressing and paralyzing the diaphragm's ability to contract, to draw in air. And every human's going to start becoming hypoxic. Right? We were all putting those little pulse oximeters on our finger and watching our oxygen yeah. levels go down. Yeah. That's because your diaphragm was being paralyzed. 
your heart couldn't beat because it paralyzes your heart too when it reaches your brainstem. And they said then, uh, smokers in April of 2020, they said smokers are the least likely showing up in hospitals with COVID. This is probably why we just got the spike proteins or venoms. These venoms target nicotine receptors. There must be some side benefit of smoking that's putting nicotine into their body that's keeping them from getting sick and hospitalized or dying. Three years later, you two, smokers are still the least demographic who has died or been hospitalized for any COVID, period. Who would have thought? 2% worldwide. And those, those scientists in France in April of 2020 said, what doesn't make sense is they say this is a respiratory infection that we're breathing in, and it's deadly, this new SARS-CoV-2 virus. The scientists in France in April of 2020, four months into the pandemic, said, that doesn't fit what we're seeing. If it's a respiratory pathogen, 95%, they said, of all hospitalized patients, we expected were going to be smokers. But no smokers were showing up in our hospitals worldwide. If Then it was less than 5% in their countries were smokers. Well, three years later, it's less than 2% worldwide. And you know what's interesting? The University of Wisconsin published last summer, they found there was a few of these chronic smokers who also had diabetes and heart disease were in ICUs for COVID in Wisconsin. And they said some of them were dying. These are smokers, current smokers. And then they said in the study that they did something. They decided to see what would happen if they gave more nicotine to them and just in the ICU put the maximum nicotine patch on their bodies, like on their arms, the 21 milligram versions. Mm -hmm. Not a single one of the smokers died after that. No way. Wow. (laughs) How many medical doctors have you interviewed who say, Everyone should be using nicotine. Yeah, none of them. Zero. I'll tell you that all day long. And I love hearing reports from around the world that everybody's lives improving. We're saving their lives. It's great. I don't know everything. I'm just telling you that you're looking at the wrong thing. These people were intentionally trying to hurt you and deceive you. Do you really think they were publishing everything to be true in their research documents? No. They wanted the medical profession to fall for the false narrative. It is not a respiratory pathogen. It is something you are ingesting. Can it be aerosolized? Yes. If they're aerosolizing this, I mean, think about it, you two. If you two were going to plot evilly to try to make the whole world sick, and you knew that you had enough venoms in the world to do it, yep. what do you think would be the most controlled environment that you could absolutely have control over to try to direct your targeted weapon at the most people? Would you think, let's drop it from an airplane and let the jet streams carry it wherever it goes. That will ensure everybody gets it. Or do you think it would be easier to control it in the systems you already have control over, which is your water systems that go directly into every house? And what does every human being on the planet require to live every day? Air, water, and food. You don't think when they locked you down and kept you in your houses, how were they going to get the weapon to you to make you sick during Delta? How do you think they did that? You were inside a home with air filtering systems. How do you think they got the air pathogen to you? They didn't. They put it in your water. All venoms are water soluble. And yes, you can all swallow it, drink it, and have the same toxic effects of the venom as if you breathe it in. Could they be targeting us from the air? I'm sure they're doing that. Oh, look sure. it up right now online. Look it up right now. I mean, look just up. look 
venom insecticides. Just Around look at just look at the trails in the air. Never oh, saw yes. that when I was a kid. Yes, as, of course. As a kid, I never saw what you see in the sky. You never saw grids in, of the of the you know the contrails the staying there all day and spreading out. You never saw that, but now you see it. And then the whole argument is, oh, it's just a normal contrail for an airplane. Well, wait a minute. Why do some of them disappear and some of them not? I'm still waiting for somebody to answer that one. Yeah, look at this. Here's venom insecticides. Look, they, they make enough venom around the world you can spray it all over farms. Good God. I mean, look at that. Look at valent.com. I mean, just click it. Well, I mean, and if, if doctor, if it's getting, if they're spraying it on the on the food, can't we be ingesting it that way too? Oh, my God. Yes. Of course they can. Yeah, they know what Good they're God. doing. So uh, they are doing this all over the world. They are manufacturing mass amounts. Now, they're also using, people have asked me, well, where else are they using venoms? And I'm like, oh my God, they're using it all drug manufacturing, insecticide manufacturing, and in all cosmetics. And you should pull it up right now. I want you to type made-in-china.com, madeinchina.com with hyphens in between made in and China. And then pull it up on the screen. Then I'm going to show you what to type in. Made in China. It's amazing. It's amazing because people ask me all the time, what do they do? Yeah, click madeinchina.com. Just click that first link. Now, in the top where it says products, I want you to type snake venom peptides. Come on. Venom, O-M. There you go. Peptides. <laughs> and hit search. If you don't think they know what they're doing, look at how many manufacturers of snake venom peptides that you can put in your cosmetics there are. Just put it in your lotion and creams. You can use it as an anti-wrinkle because it paralyzes nerves like Botox does, which is a venom also. But there's just tons and tons of these venom peptides being manufactured by these people all over the world. And it comes in a powder form like that. It's called lyophilized freeze-dried powder. And guess what it's identical to? fluoride that they put in your water treatment plants it comes as a lyophilized white powder just like that that dissolves in water and and i'm banking that these uh, water treatment protocols all they're doing is dropping in venom lowering chlorine for a few weeks to let e coli and the chlorine not to kill the venom then they put in the venom and then send it out into your city and you're going to drink it you're going to inhale it you're going to shower it and it's going to actually are you saying that, I mean, because every water system is separate, right? You know, you have separate cities, separate water systems. Seriously, I mean, how are they getting people to go along with this? Or are people unknowingly contributing to this who actually control and run the water systems for cities? No, this is great. Yeah. Uh, type go, go to Google and type in cdc.gov wastewater surveillance. And you can see all their sites on the entire United States map. They actually show you where they're doing it. And then they show you where the most COVID is in the water. They highlight it with colors. So Red, basically, orange. drill a well is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, you need to drink reverse osmosis water. You better be on a well. You might want to add chlorine dioxide to your water if you're going to drink it because chlorine dioxide actually denatures venoms. So, yeah, click on National Wastewater Surveillance right there. Yep, that first one. And that's just something that you put in your – if you get if you manage to get chlorine dioxide, you it's put the ratio up. in the water and you just uh, sip on it all throughout the day, right? You don't drink glass after glass of it. You just sip on right, the right. one throughout the day. Yep. Right. Yeah, keep scrolling. You'll see the map down there. <laughs> Click on see the data. 
Like, click the map. There you go. Click that map. They'll show you all over the world or all over America where they're testing and what the results are. Look, they tell you their percentages, wastewater metric map. There you go. Look at there. Look at all the cities they're doing this in. And they highlight in colors where they're finding the most COVID in your water. Really? I'd be really leery. You can wow. zoom into that map. Yeah, can you zoom on that? Yeah, you can zoom in. So if you want to know if your area is about to have an outbreak, look at the red cities. That's where they're putting it, where they're finding it. You might want to keep track of this. I've been trying to tell all of you, they're only looking in water for COVID. Um, They're also supposedly our governments around the world are orchestrating this whole thing. They're only looking in water, people. (laughs) They're not looking in air filters in your schools and workplaces. They're not doing that. They're looking in water, people. PCR testing your water. This gets updated every week. And you can see which sites highest. I mean, you can see it tells you up on this page how many actual testing sites there are. There should be close to 2,000 now. In the beginning, there was only 400. Look at that. Total number of waste sampling, 1,374. Total sites, look at that, 1,219. Yeah, this went from 400 in the first year, and now they've increased it this many. When Joe Biden said 100 million Americans are going to get COVID before March, hmm, interesting. Notice they don't have Airstream testing data sites on cdc.gov they're not looking at air they're only looking in water why uh they know it's in there (laughs) wow anyway that's very helpful if you want to know hey i have a loved one that lives in ohio maybe should i go there for easter maybe you look and see do they have red highlighted red dots red dots yeah look for the red dots and avoid those areas or make sure if you live in that area you ain't drinking the water or showering in it or get reverse osmosis filtering on your home. Oh, you got to do something because uh, they absolutely know they can do this. In fact, in 2006, there's a publication online. It's called Water Systems and Terrorism. In that article, this researcher writes and shows all the toxic compounds that could be put in water and used as a terrorism weapon globally. And under biological agents, he lists out venoms being put in water to make people sick and make them drink it and get sick in 2006. I didn't make this up flippantly. I'm telling you, man, it's the only place they're looking. There's a reason why. They know where it is. They know where they're putting it. Do y'all believe this was natural COVID? No, it was released, right? We believe it was released somehow intentionally. Really? (laughs) If it was released intentionally, where are they putting it? Wow. Unbelievable, man. Absolutely unbelievable. Doc, I know we're running up against it here. Um, and this is been... helpful. Yeah. Well, just I mean... So you know, if y'all are interested, <laughs> there is a presentation we sent you. If you want to link it here, there's a presentation, yeah. entire presentation that takes you through how an embryo in utero is developed. And the key is a component on day four of fertilization of an egg in a female the body, the female's body starts releasing a substance called syncytium. Syncytium is the component that allows the egg to stick to the uterine wall. Syncytium is what is the Velcro that sticks the placenta and the egg to the uterus wall. Syncytium also blocks, you'll see it in this presentation, syncytium blocks the mother's immune system from attacking the baby and killing it. It protects it from white blood cells 
making it to the baby to hurt it. Remember, not all of the baby is the mom's genetics. So it is a foreign substance and the, the mother will kill it. Not on purpose. The body will just do that. So God put syncytium in there to protect the baby from the mom's immune system. Syncytium also is what allows blood flow to start, blood vessels being created on the placenta and the uterus side to bring nutrients and oxygen to the baby to grow. Syncytium is what allows the placenta to be stuck up against the wall, protects the baby from the immune system of the mom, builds blood supply, and then signals that the mom's body produces something called syncytiotrophoblasts. These are cells that throughout the entire pregnancy release HCG hormone and progesterone for one singular reason. There it is right there, syncytiotrophoblasts. What they do is release HCG and progesterone. Without progesterone, you cannot maintain a pregnancy. The baby will die. The placenta will pull away from the uterus wall if you destroy syncytium. Well, in this presentation, I have reference, uh, several references actually in this presentation, that when they're looking at animal venoms as an antiviral drug and as an antiviral vaccine, in 2017, I found this article, Animal Venom Peptides as Antiviral Agents. And in that article, they state that snake venoms, even though they can protect people from HIV, it says these snake venom components called L-amino acid oxidase inhibit syncytium formation which means if we inject that into a pregnant woman during these actual uh, COVID-19 vaccine agendas, you are going to cause miscarriages almost instantly. Uh, and it won't matter what trimester you're in. Syncytium, when you destroy it, it will start to peel the placenta from the mother's uterus. The baby will die. It can't get air or oxygen without the blood supply to the baby. And in this presentation, I show you exactly how they're doing this and what they have published as a result of this. Anybody watching this? Any OBGYN at home watching this? You see right there. Stop. Go back up. Right there. See that? Look. Stay right there. Nope. Go back up. A little bit. A little bit up. There you go. Right there. It says, Sensitiotrophoblast, read in blue. It secretes HCG in order to maintain progesterone secretion and sustain a pregnancy. When you destroy Sensitium, you lose the pregnancy. 82% of all pregnancies worldwide with COVID-19 injections have lost their baby. You want to know how they do it? I guarantee you. They're using this snake venom component called L-amino acid oxidase that they propose and publish should be used as an antiviral vaccine, that it destroys syncytium formation. It actually kills it. Wow. If you keep scrolling up, I'll show you where it says it. <laughs> you keep going up. This is the presentation. Keep going. Keep going. You're going to get to a research paper. Keep going. There's the research paper. Look at it. It's titled Antiviral Activity of Animal Venom Peptides and Related Compounds from 2017. You'll see the date top left. And then they propose that venoms should be used as antiviral vaccines because antiviral drugs suck. They say it throughout this thing over and over and over. Antiviral vaccines, we don't have enough of them. Yes, you do. Every vaccine for children are viral vaccines. You have plenty of them. But they keep saying, read that blue highlighted sentence right there in that first slide right there. Proportionally to the great variety of diseases caused by viruses, there's very few viral vaccines available. Really. I just know 5 billion people just got one supposedly called COVID for a virus, but they're not, there's not very amenable available. But read the next statement in there. And not all are efficient. Well, why don't you just quit doing them then if they don't work? Why are you looking for venoms to fix it? 
All right, well, keep that'd be eating the profits. We can't have that. So in this article, they talk about scorpion venoms for HIV, hepatitis B, SARS-CoV-1, which is ridiculous. Keep going. You're going to get to the snake venom section, and I'm going to – and L-amino acid oxidases. I'll show you here in just a second. But y'all, you guys should have this at home so you can have it. Okay. Uh, keep going. You're going to see where it starts. Says, yeah, keep going. There's scorpion venoms. Keep going. The highlighted blue area of the highlights people need to read, just so you know. Makes it easy for everybody. All right, here we are. We're on snake venoms now. Keep going. Keep going. I'll show you. It'll be on the right-hand side. It'll be highlighted in blue. All right, stop. Watch this. So if you read the top of the paragraph on the right, it says, L-amino acid oxidases, which constitute one of the most studied main components of snake venoms, are oxidoreductase flavoenzymes with molecular masses, blah, blah, blah. But then it says, these compounds are widely distributed in other organisms and play an important role in biological activities such as apoptosis induction, death of cells, cytotoxicity, cell toxicity, inhibition, or inducing platelet aggregation called blood clotting. They also cause hemorrhaging, hemolysis, death of red blood cells, and edema, as well as anti-HIV, antimicrobial, and anti-parasitic activities. All right, so we know it causes edema, blood clotting, hemorrhages, but it's really beneficial against HIV. All right, keep going. Wow. Next one right here. Stop. Oh, sorry. It's actually the same one. Keep going. Next one. Yep, keep going. They're going to talk about L-amino oxidase. Keep going. Right here. Stop. So this is called snake venom LAO, L-amino oxidase. It says TSV, a certain snake. L-amino acid, um, L-amino acid oxidase inhibited HIV-1 infection. So it stopped HIV infection, this snake venom component, and HIV's replication in a dose-dependent manner. So the more venom we put inside of you, the less HIV was replicated. And seems to act at nanomolar concentrations by inhibiting syncytium formation at nanomolar concentrations, itty-bitty levels it inhibits syncytium formation. This is L-amino acid oxidase. Wow. Now show the next slide. Every pregnant woman who has lost a baby, every OBGYN in the world who has had a pregnant woman lose their baby after getting the COVID shot, you need to order this test kit right here. It's called L-amino acid assay kit. You can use, you can actually test urine as I highlighted there. You can test blood. Uh, you can test either one of those tissues in a female. If you see elevated LAAO, in the blood of a pregnant woman, you should find out where the hell they got it because it doesn't belong in their body and it's a derivative of snake venom. And it causes death of syncytium and thus death of your baby and not being able to create miscarriages. Now, if you wanna know my truth here, Liberty Monks, I'm convinced they already knew it would do this. Oh, keep going, this is really quite disgusting. Keep going, yeah, keep going. This is their conclusions and then stop right here. <laughs> The blue part here, this is the conclusions. At the same time, the growing demand for new drugs and natural therapeutic products, they consider snake venom natural therapeutic products, is a matter of extreme necessity to face the emergency of multi-resistant viral pathogens. Next slide, keep scrolling up. I would like, uh, I would like you to read this here, James. Read it for me. Uh, where are we at here? The blue can part. Blow up, can you blow that up a little bit for me, Mike? Um, pull it up. You got to read this. This is 2017. 
my old eye, my old eyes have to get close to the screen because it's here, a little, here, little no small. I'll read it. You ready? I'll read it. But yep. I like people reading this. All right. So they are proposing in 2017 a list of a whole bunch of venoms from venomous creatures as antiviral vaccines. And this is what they conclude. Preventative and curative measures should always be in the hands of health authorities to ensure <laughs> the control of epidemics like Anthony Fauci, such as the recent Ebola virus in Africa, Anthony Fauci, or arboviruses, particularly in Brazil, which are represented by the dinghy, chikagonga, and Zika viruses. Or, what's the words? Worldwide pandemics. Oh, boy. Such or as influenza and HIV. Yeah. All right, this is 2017. Go to the next slide because it's the very next sentence. Therefore, prospection. We should be looking for screening and all other phases of biological activity, validation, clinical development of animal venom peptides represent an essential scientific investment for what read that protecting and perpetuating humankind seriously <laughs> we think venom is going to protect and perpetuate humankind if we just inject it into the whole world really this is what you guys are up against this is the pharmaceutical world this is a guy named paul f reed this is from 1993 i want one of you two if you can see it i want you to read his bio that he wrote from 1993 to 1996, Dr. Reed was what? Read the blue part. Employed by the United States Medical Research Institute for Infectious Diseases at Fort Detrick, Maryland, under grant, a grant from the National Research Council in Washington, D.C. Under the grant, he was responsible for the expression and purification of a variety of neuroactive components from snake venom and bacterial and yeast <laughs> systems and purification of expressed material with expansion to large-scale vaccine production. Uh, can you read the dates again? Yeah, that would uh, that would be from uh, 1993 to 1996. That was how many years ago? Uh, Too many. A lot. 30. God almighty. 30. I said 30. 30 years ago. Ooh. Now, first wow. question. Uh, Mike, Mundy, does it say our government gave him a grant at Fort Detrick, Maryland to grow neurotoxic snake venom and bacteria and yeast cells does it say we paid them to do that for yes. small scale vaccine production? No, large scale. Large scale. Large scale. Huh. Interesting. Just if super. you go to the next slide, you'll see that his company, Recepto Farm, Paul F. Reed, where it's highlighted in April and July of 2010. So 17 years. Guess what he acquires a patent for? King Cobra venom being used as an antiviral vaccine against the flu and coronaviruses called cold viruses. And I have the whole patent there. Y'all should read it. It's really disgusting, but also in there it says, my detoxified cobra venom should be currently utilized during flu season in the elderly, infant populations, and the immune suppressed. And it can be used to prevent worldwide pandemics. That's exactly what it says. Look at that. King Cobra Venom, that blue highlighted sentence at the bottom of the screen on that slide on the screen right now. It's mm -hmm. this King Cobra Venom has the potential application to act as a method to protect individuals from contagious infectious, infectious agents as a substitute for antiviral vaccines. <laughs> really? That's interesting. You're injecting people with venom right now, dummies. And uh, anyway, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. Hmm. No. Hey, um... Read the summary of the invention. Go up one more slide right there. 
This is the whole summary for the government when he supplies it. It is a principal object of this invention, King Cobra vaccine, to provide a method for preventing and healing infectious diseases such as colds and flus. Really? Who needs a common cold vaccine? And who needs King Cobra venom injected inside of them? Nobody dies from common colds. This guy, the purpose behind his invention, which we paid him to create, is to prevent colds and flus, bacteria and parasitic infections, and the like. Really? I just want you to know, all the pharmaceuticals are moving towards venom-based technology for all infections, period. That is what they're going towards. They've already been experimenting for years. And if you want to know why it is I think so many couples in this world have a hard time conceiving, I believe that in the Gardasil shots that they give it to teenagers, I believe they already have L-amino acid oxidase in those shots to make it to where you can't make sensitium to get pregnant. And I wow. think every woman who's having a hard time giving birth to children, maintaining a pregnancy or losing one pregnancy after another, if you destroy sensitium, you can't make progesterone or HCG to maintain your pregnancy. And they know that one component of snake venom proposed to be an antiviral drug can do that. And what are they vaccinating them for during teenage years? They're vaccinating you supposedly against a virus, which they propose all venoms are antiviral. Okay. You might want to go look at this. What's the number one treatment for people who can't conceive? What do they go to an infertility clinic for, for the whole pregnancy to receive? What do they receive the whole time? Antivenom. Oh. Progesterone. Why would they need oh. progesterone? They can't make it. Wow. So I'm actually convinced that when Bill Gates in his TEDx talk in 2010 or 11 said to the whole world, yep. If we're going to fix climate change, we have to reduce the population of the earth by 10 to 15% and then looks at the crowd and says, and we know we can do it with vaccines. How the hell would he know it? He must have already experimented on people. He's been experimenting this whole time. Not just him. The pharmaceutical industry is doing it. So I guarantee you in these shots, they are injecting you with stuff just like Bill Gates did in India and in Africa, lying to them that he's only treating them for malaria and injecting them with snake venom components that made them infertile. That's what he was found guilty of, creating infertility with his vaccine agendas through his group Gavi, G-A-V-I. That's what he's been doing for years. So uh, I would be very worried, and I would want to test everybody who's infertile, can't give birth, lost their baby after the COVID-19 shots. Please test them for L-amino acid oxidase. Do the test. If it shows up positive, let's nail them for causing unwanted infertility. And if, they, if, they, if they do your uh, venom detox protocol, will that help? Absolutely. It or if you've got L-amino acid oxidase, you've got to use these principles and these yep. natural substances I just told you. Yep. And if you have E. coli or yeast present, oh, my God, what if these women and men who can't get pregnant, what if the issue is, not that men get pregnant, but they help women get pregnant. Sure. If sure. they have E. coli or yeast infections, they're going to manufacture the venom that they got mm. injected inside of them in their teenage years. It's yep. not going to stop. And then... Those venoms target sperm, sperm, all of them have nicotine receptors on the outside of sperm, eggs, every single one of them has nicotine receptors on the outside, the ovaries, the cervix, the uterus. Yes, they know they can do this. Go look and then start detoxifying the body and see if we can get the body to make sensitium like it's supposed to, have healthy sperm like it's supposed to, healthy eggs like it's supposed to. So let's see if we can, I mean, God uh, created yep. human beings to create children. Come on now. Why is it almost impossible for like half of married couples to have children now? What are they all what have they all been doing since they were born? 
being experimented on with these shots since childhood. You don't think they have a orchestrated goal here? Hmm, yeah, they do have a goal. They think there's too many of us. Well, Dr. Artis, this has been informative as always, brother. Um, what do you want to leave us with? Uh, that I love you and God bless all of you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. Well said, man. Short and sweet. I love it. Well, God bless you, brother. God bless you. And I'll, I mean, there's nobody else out there bringing the heat like this on this topic like you are. And uh, we're grateful that you are um, because all of us, everybody out there listening right now, you all know it. You know, either you are either part of the population that is struggling with some of this stuff or you know somebody who is. So whether you believe this or not, doesn't really matter. Try it. What can right? it hurt? What can it hurt? Yeah. I mean, even point. when I brought this up to you, right? Even when I brought it up to you, how many of you knew that CRISPR technology was based off of deleting DNA of humans and inserting yeah, snake venom components? That's just that's how just many mind, other medical doctors do you man. think know that's what they're doing? They don't know that. They just know no. it's talked about all the time. CRISPR technology, CRISPR technology, the next big thing in drugs. And, yeah. and health is going to be deleting your disease-causing genes that God gave you, and we're going to insert serpent genes inside of you instead. Okay, listen, in Genesis, if you're a Bible-loving Christian, yep. in the Garden of Eden, God said, I'm going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and the serpent. The serpent may be able to bruise their heels, but they will have power to crush thy head. Really? From the beginning, God didn't want the serpent intermingled with the seed of the woman, which is you and all of his children. Why are we allowing scientists to manipulate God's perfect perfect creation, delete its genetic sequences to insert the serpent's DNA? Why are you okay with that? And shame on all of you for believing that. And shame on anybody from here on out who has a baby and that God beautifully created on day six perfectly. If you believe God's all-knowing and all-powerful and he didn't screw up on day six, the next time your grandbaby comes out of the womb and out of your own womb and you're looking at your beautiful baby here that God created, you didn't. God did it. You could not create that miracle. So this baby's there. God's creation is perfect. Shame on any of you who go like this. I think God screwed up with this. Can you please inject it with hepatitis B vaccine within 24 hours to give it an immune system? Oh my God. Stop believing that the men and women on this earth figured out a way to make the baby more perfect. It never did that. God got it right the first time. The only shot they give babies in the first 24 hours is the hepatitis B virus vaccine. Do you even know where that comes from? Sexual activity. From having sex with other mm -hmm. people. And you only get it from sharing illegal drug needle sharing. How many babies do you know are in the nursery having sex with each other at night when they turn the lights off? Zero. So why are you having to inject this into babies the day they're born? You don't. It's a flat out lie. There's nothing wrong with this kid. And how long does it provide immunity for anyway? 12 years. It only provides God. immunity for 12 years. So ask yourself, how many 12-year-olds and youngers do you know are having sex with multiple partners and sharing drug needles your doctors aren't giving them. None. So stop scaring parents and grandparents and loved ones to get your baby vaccinated in the first 24 hours. It's ridiculous. The only reason why they give vaccines in the first, any of them in the first 24 hours, they don't want the parents knowing the baby was born normal. If you can screw it up and injure it on day one, they will never know it was born normal. So every time you have an autistic kid, 
asthma kid, double ear infections, immune suppressed, you name it, diabetic kid. They'll look at you and go, he was born this way. How the f- do you know? You didn't let it even go 24 hours with being just normal. You didn't even look. You didn't even give it time to even show what was normal. You changed it with your damn chemistry in the first 24 hours and injected your lab-created experiment crap into the baby. If you really do believe God got it right the first time, why doesn't people act like it? Why do you put more faith in humans standing there going, we figured out in a lab how to inject your loved one with this substance. We designed this instrument from the fang of a snake to inject chemicals inside of people. Why why do we act like that? I don't get it. If you really do believe God is all-knowing and all-powerful, stop acting like he screwed up with the greatest creation of all time, which was you. Supposedly, you you think if Jesus came down right now, he would go down to a parking lot and look for a freaking vaccine to save him? No. If you do, uh, it's a pretty pathetic view of who Christ would be or who God would be. Uh, please start acting like you believe got it right the first time and stop being afraid of humans who try to convince you you did something wrong or screwed up. No, he never did. Uh, but a lot of you are acting like you did. Five billion people acted like you did uh, during COVID. And you didn't need the vaccines in the first place. You decided to trust human beings who have lied to you for decades about the benefits of vaccines. There is no positive effect of any vaccine ever introduced to human beings ever, ever, ever. You've all been lied to. So stop believing the scientific lie and put your faith in God. And uh, Amen, you know, anybody in leadership who tells you you should trust the vaccines and call them your friends, Pope Francis, run from those people. They should be telling you to look to God for all healing. He's the great physician. Why is a man of the cloth telling you to trust vaccines? And why would the Pope say all the world needs right now is more vaccines? What? <laughs> what the hell wrong with you? Jesus, if he was standing in front of you, he would have never said that in his entire life. No. You need drugs to stay alive on this earth I created. No, he would have never said that. Stay in your lane, Pope. You're supposed to be a spiritual leader. You're not a healthcare practitioner of any kind, nor a pharmacist or a drug manufacturer. Just leave people alone. The, the vaccines are not your friends. They're very dangerous. Leave them alone. Well, Dr. Artis, thanks for... Uh, thanks for... Bring it yeah, up. hey, man. I... I well, you know, it's interesting you say all this because we learned a lot about vaccines from Mary Toko. And we also uh, know somebody who's um, successfully detoxed their autistic child from all the what she believes to be the vaccines that he received, um, you know, as a child growing up, became very, very autistic. And through whatever protocol, and we're, we're looking to get her on the show here soon, but whatever, whatever protocol she used, he's basically normal now. For the most part, I mean, a few issues yeah. here and there, but the major, I mean, there's no, there's no other medical explanation for that other than she was able to detoxify her boy from whatever horrible thing that they put into him when he was a baby and growing up as a kid. The and doctors and whoever. A, there's a substance actually a lot of people will use, including Dr. Rashid Buttar, who yeah. cured his own son of autism. He has a <laughs> clinic in Charlotte, North Carolina. They have successfully reversed 4,000 kids of autism. Unbelievable, man. And you know That's what he did? He cured awesome. his own kids' autism and all these others. He detoxed heavy metals using EDTA infusions. <laughs> and you know what's amazing about that? 
guess what completely detoxifies venoms that can cause every neurological symptom of autism? EDTA. So how do you know that's not what they're injecting into these kids and these vaccines when they're kids? There's metals. How do you know there's not also venoms there because they cause all yep. the same problems? And EDTA is the solution for both. So, yes, this is a very, Incredible. very big, big, very, very powerful thing. It actually just exposes and exploits just how incredible God got it right the first time. If you can get the toxins, poisons that human beings want to put inside of us, if you can just get those out, the human body's immune system God put inside of you is self-driven to repair tissue. But every tissue in the human body heals at different rates. Yep. Skin's the fastest, bone is second fastest, and your nerves are the slowest. They just take longer. Nervous system tissue does not heal as fast as the rest of our tissues do. You just got to give it time and feed it what it needs. The body knows what to do with it. There's no stress on stress on us as healers. God created yep. it perfectly. We just got to feed you and then take out stuff that it doesn't want anymore in the body. Put back in what it needs. God created it, designed it to do its own thing. It's pretty miraculous. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, man, um, it's been great talking to you. God bless you. Um, and ever keep up the good work. And then I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Um, God We're bless everybody. Our own protocols, by oh. the way, here by the end of March, and we'll let you know what those are. Nice. And we want as many people as possible pumping that up. Awesome, man. We'll be uh, we'll be we'll be looking for that. So uh, just keep us posted if you don't mind. And then, hey, God bless everybody out there listening right now. I mean, you you heard it from him. You heard it from Doctor Brian Artis. Um, some things that you can try if you're suffering from the effects of this, whatever you're dealing with. Um, you know, again, what do you have to lose? So, Dr. Artis, thanks again, man. God bless you. God bless everybody out there listening right now. We appreciate you more than you could possibly imagine. And thank you for supporting us. Um, and God bless the this wonderful, wonderful country that we have that is under siege right now. Uh, they're not going to win, folks. We're going to win. And that's just, that's going to happen because God says that's going to happen. So, um, God bless all of you. And until next time, be safe and well. God bless America. And we'll talk soon. God bless you.